Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Ashley Matthews. I'm the Associate Lead Pastor here at Trinity. And this is the second week of our Lenten Reflection Series on the story of the Exodus. We're going to read a few verses from chapter 2 of Exodus and then pray and we'll reflect together. This is Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and saw their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his kinsfolk. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, he saw two Hebrews fighting, and he said to the one who was in the wrong, Why do you strike your fellow Hebrew? He answered, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, wherever we are, traveling in our cars, sitting in our homes, we ask you, God, for a sense of your peace, your presence with us, and your help, Lord, as we sit with these words of the Bible. Draw our hearts to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm really drawn to this particular episode, actually, in Moses' life, because I feel um, a lot of compassion for him, also horrified by what he did, interested in the fact that God would call him anyway. And I see it as a kind of cautionary tale for my own life. Moses has been being raised in Pharaoh's house as an Egyptian. We know that from chapter 1. He was adopted, if you'll remember, by Pharaoh's daughter as an infant. And we're told later on in the chapter that he looked Egyptian. But he also clearly knows that he is not Egyptian. He recognizes the Hebrews as his kinfolk, to use the language of the NRSV. But we're not told what kind of relationship he actually had with his family. He definitely knew them. Uh, His brother Aaron and sister Miriam will appear later in the story. But suffice it to say, uh, he was, we know, a man caught between worlds, between families. And he no doubt often felt like an outsider, likely in both of those worlds and both of those families. Not Egyptian enough for Egyptians, not Hebrew enough for Hebrews. It's no doubt been something that he had been feeling his whole life. Even if he never articulated it, his body had been keeping the score all of those years. Some of you will recognize the reference uh, to the book, The Body Keeps the Score, by Bessel van der Kolk. It's a really popular book of the last few years, and it's a book about the nature of trauma and how we carry our trauma in our bodies, minds, and hearts long after the incident actually occurs. And it's the book that came to mind as I was thinking through this incident and what happens in Moses' life in this particular moment. There are a number of possible explanations for why Moses reacts with such violence against the Egyptian he sees beating another Hebrew. I don't pretend to know what they were. But we would be remiss not to take note of the fact that this violent outburst doesn't come from nowhere. And it's not simply because Moses had a bad temper. Moses' body was full of all kinds of tensions and contradictions. We can't forget that he was raised by the family 
who had issued the genocide of his own people. What would it even mean to love your family if you're Moses? As I was thinking about that question, I was reminded of the life of Hiram Walker. He's the main character in ta Coates' debut novel, The Water Dancer. Brilliant and beautiful. Now, Hiram's mother was a slave, and his father was the white plantation owner who sells Hiram's mother when he's just a boy. What does it mean to love your father if you're Hiram? All that to say, there's a lot going on inside of Moses that he didn't know how to name had probably never processed through, let alone begin to heal. He, like so many of us, kept his trauma buried deep down until it eventually leapt out of him and killed the Egyptian. And then he, note the irony here, ends up burying the Egyptian in an attempt to hide what he's done. And that image of Moses frantically trying to bury his his pain, his sin, the tragic results of his pain in the sand just really stuck with me and I think provokes a question for me, for you. Is there unacknowledged pain present in my life, my body, my mind, that might be at work in ways I haven't yet acknowledged but am beginning to see? Now, I suspect few of us have ever murdered anyone. But I assume a lot of us can relate to the mounting sense of frustration, hurt, compounded pain that causes you to erupt and act out in ways that you regret, even feel truly, genuinely surprised by and deeply ashamed of. For example, if you find yourself increasingly in this season erupting in anger, being impatient or short-tempered with your kids, cursing in traffic, or my personal favorite at appliances that don't work exactly the way they're supposed to, when they're supposed to, that's when you know. It's probably time to ask the Holy Spirit to help me hear what my body is trying to tell me. Your body, your soul, have been keeping the score. And something is likely off or bent or worse, even traumatized by an unacknowledged pain that's really desperately trying to get your attention. So if that's you, and let's be honest, it's probably all of us to varying degrees, here's an encouragement. Take some time to acknowledge that something is going on without condemning yourself beating yourself up. Approach your own reaction with curiosity and kindness, almost like you would a child. Why did I respond like that? Rather than shaming yourself or ignoring it, looking at your phone, going to the quick distraction or escape, whatever that is for you, try praying, try listening. And then I just want to say, furthermore, if you know that you have trauma in your past, a parent who died by suicide, you were abused or abandoned, and you've never been to counseling, I just want to encourage you, you should go. You should go now. 
If you don't know how or what that would even look like, you can reach out to us through our website and we will connect you with someone who can help you hear the pain that's likely buried so deep that you're not going to be able to dig it out on your own. And the great thing about trained therapists and counselors is that we don't have to. That's what they're trained to do. Thanks be to God. I was having a conversation with one of our pastors, Jason Faulkner, the other day, and he was talking about a book that's been particularly meaningful to him called My Grandmother's Hands. It deals with this exact topic and more specifically with the effects of racialized trauma. One of the author's quotes is, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Meaning if I have a response that really doesn't match the moment or the thing, is a sort of obvious overreaction, it's likely because it's connected to something deep and old in my family history, in my past. And we've got to start listening to those hurts. Or like Moses discovered, they will continue to demand to be heard in more destructive ways. I don't know what Moses felt while he was burying that Egyptian in the sand. But I suspect, given the fact that this is the man that God intended to call to deliver his people out of slavery, he was likely pretty horrified, confused, and ashamed at what he had done. But God did not leave Moses there. God comes to Moses in the most unexpected way and calls him to be the man God has always known he really was. Apart from the pain and the shame that he was working so hard to keep buried within himself and quite literally buried in the sands of Egypt. So God bless you as you work to sort through, maybe even dig up your own hurts and pains and sit with them, acknowledge them before the Lord. God bless you as you pray and as you fast throughout this Lenten season, to those of you who are fasting, that God bless you as you listen. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, amen.